Wake up. Freedom's on the rise. Welcome to Freedom's Rising. Today is June 28th, 2022. We are freeing more minds with Freedom's Rising. And you are participating in the Rise of Freedom. Here on this June morning, I am getting started with episode 17 today of Freedom's Rising, and we will be getting into a slight review of last episode of the episode 16, where we discussed issues uh, within the so-called freedom movement, and is freedoms is freedoms rising really occurring? Are we really experiencing the rise of freedom, or are we experiencing a dystopian nightmare, or is it somewhere in between? And we discussed in that episode. Uh, just getting into this as we have a lot to cover today, and we probably won't get into too much of the Falling Into the Movement Traps series, but we will kick it off. And for those that are familiar, I did a Falling Into the Movement Trap series back a few years back, 2019, I think is when I produced most of those. Uh, So I have, you know, in, in that playlist, there's what, 15, 16 episodes that go along with that thought of falling into the movement traps. And it goes in line with what we were discussing yesterday and that people get caught up in movements and festivals and conferences and labels and groups and sort of park it there. You know, this is their journey to freedom as they found a new group a new label, a new click, that now that they've, uh, you know, so-called woken up out of their slumber of their political party, which is where a lot of people's mind is at, when they so-called wake up out of that system, and then they, they, you know, almost intuitively or psychologically or whatever, they need to go find the proper group, right? The proper label, the proper compartmentalized box to put the label on, So that then, you know, they have the right rhetoric and the right, you know, now, okay, you know, here's this patriot mythology about the Federal Reserve Bank and, and, and in this, in the Declaration of Independence, it says that we need to overthrow the government. And, you know, and and again, some of those ideas, of course, are, are important to the growth and enlightenment of humanity. And there are some things put down in the, founding of of America and the, you know, debates that went on around that time and the that's all important information. But there's sort of these, you know, once you have this, it's the Rothschilds and it's the Cecil Rhodesian roundtables and everything's eugenics. And once you know that, you know, you've woken up and then, then there you go. And people feel like that they have the complete picture you know, as soon as they have the right, as soon as everybody understands and repeats the the same sayings and the same little jingles and understands the same information, then now they've figured it all out, right? And they've found their new thing and they're awake and nobody else is awake because they don't understand these things. Like this becomes a trap that people fall into 
And it's not that you shouldn't go down that road or, you know, the people that are saying those things are lying or incorrect or, or something like that. In some cases, they might be incorrect. But people t tend to get this idea that now they found their new thing and now they've got it all figured out. And that's what partially what falling into the movement traps is about. It's also broader than that. And it, you know, we go into the larger shells of socialism or communism or, you know, left or right or uh, political libertarians, you know, capital L libertarian, uh, the libertarian politics, right? Or just simply, you know, I'm a left wing person, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. Uh, these are also falling into movement traps. These are also boxes and containers that, you know, people in those cliques tend to think that they've got it figured out. And now that they've got it figured out, they can, you know, vote it away and, and uh, the central authority figure will figure it out. Or, you know, the goodwill and kindness of humanity is going to vote in the right people and make the right decisions. And my work here is done, right? I don't need to go any further in life to pursue ways to better myself or to actually, you know, contribute to helping people directly or in ways that, you know, maybe I was wrong and discover those ways that are wrong that I was incorrect about. Nope, I've got my label. I've got my news people. I've got my, you know, friends and my parties at, at uh, you know, political parties. And I've got my social clicks on online and my social media and we're in like this echo chamber and since we've all got it figured out you know it's just the other guy's wrong and we're right 100 percent of the time right i mean th this kind of thinking and, and i don't think that people think it like that or that simply about things right they're not hopefully completely lost um here and with any brain cells to rub together but it's more of an apathy and a laziness and a cowardice towards, you know, going and thinking outside of the box, thinking about things in a different way. And in my particular, you know, if you were to try to shove me into a group or a box and into the so-called freedom movement, which is, isn't a movement at all, and it's more, more of a bowel movement than anything, right? And, and it's not that I don't appreciate people that are with me in the movement, and I have friends, and I spend time, and we communicate and we have a you know community and we have a networks and I do attend things so and that doesn't make me a hypocrite I'm just pointing out again within that group there needs to be people that can see flaws and not you know it's not to be mean or not to be rude to people but to differentiate and point out those things and not get caught and fall into the movement traps not get so radicalized and so caught up in, in the excitement of the new flashy thing that you've discovered that we're not still critical and, you know, not losing ourselves in the group, not losing our ability to think clearly about things and to look at things from an analytical way, you know, just because we found this group and now, you know, we're going to fully commit to this and all the little edicts within it. and. I'll start out with a slide. I know this is an audio podcast and we may quickly start to decide to record these in video format. Uh, again, with my current workflow and schedule 
and just having a camera and organizing the scenes and getting the slides ready and the amount of work that I'm trying to put out. It just streamlines things to have things audio for now. But I will take the time in post-production to be posting the slides that I discuss in each episode if I discuss a slide on the website, on the post itself, or at least make it downloadable so that you can download the slide itself. So what this is, is, you know, do you just accept things the way they are? Do you just let the universe and the way of things happen as they, as they should, as they are happening? Do you kind of let people see things the way they're seeing it and not call it out or not be confrontational or not, you know, and not, not that it's confrontational to point out contradictions or you know, I don't think people should be going around and upsetting every situation that they're in with the hard truth and the facts and what they've got figured out, you know, like, it's much better to, yes, naturally sort of let conversations happen with people and be patient enough. If if you've got a point at a time when it sort of naturally comes up, now you can establish, you know, more of where you're coming from with that person that you're building a bridge towards and a relationship with, and not just, you know, being this like fiery, uh, abrasive, confrontational person all the time. And I am, I'm not that in my regular life. And if I come off that way on the podcast, you know, it might be because that's sort of the intention of the podcast and the information we've put here is to cover those things that, you know, I've seen and witnessed and learned and then come to understand more about when interacting with people out there in the real world and the gap, you know, going back to some of the work I've put out before was to fill a gap that I perceived that I thought, well, these people really are far behind in understanding the possibilities and understanding what's going on here. You know, the pandemic, of course, sparked a new sort of wave in me to do work on the BioSci War and a lot of learning and discovery myself and then helping others to hopefully understand more about that. And I've, I've had people approach me and like, how did, how did we know about, how did you find out about unit 731 and other things, you know, in the bio war? And it's like, you know, we went and looked and that's where the research led. And there's a lot of other people out there that know about those things. And just, you know, when you do the research, you'll find out more about it. And so, there's a way we can help other people come to understand things that we've come to understand. And we can help people alleviate their suffering or falling into pitfalls. Not that that's our role on the planet solely, and that, that, that you have to be some kind of superhero to save people from their suffering. I mean, it sounds almost ridiculous, right? But passing on wisdom, right? There's a point in your life where you've come to understand things that you can then pass down to others and help the younger generation understand and help them grow and avoid pitfalls that they don't necessarily need to go down and suffer and have so much suffering. And we're talking about mental, you know, mental walls, mental barriers, mental constructs that people hold on to and cling to that aren't serving them and actually harming them. And belief systems that they hold that end up causing more suffering to themselves and to others that don't need to be held on to. So I think that in this slide that I'm talking about where, you know, it's like, should you 
help people with truth and information or should you just accept their suffering as a natural part of their journey and i think it's a moral responsibility to do the first to liberate them with information and truth and to speak the truth and not like every person who's awake has the truth we're not saying that we're i'm talking about you know the wisdom and understanding that you can come to know that you can then you know align the vibration of what you understand with that true frequency and then be able to become more in alignment and at a higher frequency you know so you're more frequently touching and hitting on the truth of our reality or or facts that have occurred that have gone down that you can correlate right you may not know a hundred percent of it but you can negate enough of it and through that process of negation we can come to understand the truth better and sometimes that's the best you can do sometimes you have to eliminate all the things that you know aren't true right and refute and uh, find out the things that are not the case through a process of negation and then at that point you may you know that at that point and as we're talking about this in context of falling into the movement traps at that point some people just need to do that. We need to start at least admitting that we were wrong. And they, those people, you know, I've, I've definitely gone through and done this. And, and some things I was like, oh, they got me, you know, they got me there. And at, at first, it can be very difficult to admit that you were wrong about something. And some people just won't do it. Some people won't say, you know, this belief system that I've held that I was raised to believe I don't believe it anymore. And it's it's incorrect information now. I've got to admit that it was wrong. And so that can be a very difficult thing for people to do. But that's on the journey and a lot of the stages that people are at in the journey, you know, towards truth, love and freedom, truth, freedom and prosperity and bringing that and, and avoiding the suffering is starting to be able to admit that you were wrong. And that might cause you to suffer right that you'd have to suffer through the pain and all and of course becoming enlightened is very painful it's not just a process of beauty and joy and you're you know fully you know given all the blessings of the universe to feel great about it all you know it's not that's that's what people are avoiding is they don't want it to be bad they don't want it to feel bad they don't want to say oh man that means that this was wrong and this was wrong and these people are wrong and they're lying and and it's not just like oh you know and it's all one big conspiracy you know everybody has to be in on it like those those are childish thoughts that come up they couldn't be that way because everybody would have to be in on it you know you don't need to know the whole picture at first there there are things that we can just start to admit we were wrong about it and not have to know all the solutions and this this is where you know, you'll you'll pull your hair out like talking to people about you know th- something is not the way that things should be, right? This, uh, you know, like let's say the the supporting of mandatory taxation on a W two, and you're saying you know why can't the employer leave it as optional? We could have other options in society. Just starting to break open that alternatives to mandatory taxation and to centralized government and control, right? And beginning to explore that people immediately jump to these wild out conclusions and that they won't 
even go down that road because they they have it in this way that it has to be this certain way. It has to be done in this other way. We have to do things this way, right? The way they've been taught and the way they believe it. And they they will throw out the most ridiculous childish arguments and the ones that should be thought through and, you know, overcome at like a young age that we should be taught things and uh, we should be taught how to overcome these silly you know, constructs that we have in our mind, but instead it's the opposite. Instead we're taught, you know, you have to, it has to be this way in order for things to function in in the world. We have to do it this way. And, you know, largely people are raised in public schools now funded by the government. And so of course they don't see civil society. They don't see, you know, social groups and larger cities and uh, whole countries or, nations being able to decentralize down lower and lower and lower to a a level where things are more decentralized and decisions are made on, you know, more local levels. And then eventually it could be made down to a family unit. And, you know, there could be a lot more options for things and ways to do things than just, it has to be done through this, you know, the violence and force and coercion and power of the state who has ultimate control and the end-all be-all say on what is right and wrong, right? They are enforcing that. And again, if that's incorrect and you don't have that right to believe in that and force it on other people and you you really don't even have a right to be a slave, you, there's no correct way to go and put yourself into slavery and then hope, hope or, you know, use the force of that power of the state to then walk other people into slavery as well and and promote it for them as well and brainwash those aren't rights that you have those are incorrect behaviors those things are immoral behaviors that you don't have the right to do so just because you believe that it doesn't make it correct it doesn't make it true and it doesn't make it right and that doesn't mean that the person acknowledging that has to have every little thing figured out in the world to to be able to figure out all the solutions to everything then that's not how wiping away the incorrectness works. That's something that our minds tend to do is put up, well, if I don't, if it's not this, it has to be this, right? And that's what I'm talking about with the falling into the movement traps as well. Well, if it's not the Republicans or the Democrats, it must be the libertarians, right? And so now I'm a libertarian. And if it's not that, then I, it's an, an anarchy. And I've got to call myself an anarchist. And I've got to have this label in this box. And I've got to have it all figured out. Otherwise, I'm going to freak out, man. You know, that's how, that's how people act, that they can't just let it go and let it, let it slide, right? Let it go, the things you were incorrect about, and explore, you know, the new options that are available if you, if you need to have new options. But the, the negation and the process of going through that isn't a process of, okay, so I've got to replace the incorrect thing with a correct thing. That's how we get into these movement traps. That's how people get radicalized. That's how people get into cults and movements and festivals. And uh, they get into the conferences and they, they've, they become obsessed with this other thing, right? And the internal work needs to be continually done. It, you, you don't stop going down that process and eventually you will you know, admit you were incorrect about enough things that you can strip that stuff away and then build new on a new, not empty slate, not clean slate. These are 
not the right terms to use, you know, quite confrontational terms in the world of psychology and uh, philosophy, but you know what I mean? You, you, you boil it down and distill things down to a level where you've got more room now to grow because there's more, you know, openness now to possibilities versus just you've got to have it all figured out if you were lied to and incorrect. Like that's a way to avoid the pain and the suffering of saying, I was totally wrong about this situation. And even when you find yourself, you know, well along the journey and you're in another movement, another group, another label, and you still have to continually do that. And that's partially what falling in that. I mean, that was what I was trying to cover in falling into the movement traps was mainly looking at the people in the voluntarist, anarchist, uh, the libertarian, and even social socialist and communist, but mainly, you know, the alternative groups to the mainstream narrative. And in this presentation where I'm going to be recovering and re-going over that information, we will be widening the spectrum and going into more of like the mass psychology and not just the, the psychology of people that are radicalized. Now we will be touching on that and going into things like uh, fire in the minds of men, uh, origins of the revolutionary faith, a book uh, written by James H. Billington that uh, here reading from the Info Galactica, just to give a small synopsis, is a book about the spread of ideas written by James H. Billington, historian and librarian of Congress. The, born, uh, the boom analysis, the ideas that inspired European revolutionary movements from the 1700s to the 1900s. And that book takes, reading from the synopsis here, the name, uh, the book takes the name from Dostoevsky's possessed, and it attempts to investigate the passion for revolutionary change which developed strongly in Central Europe and Russia starting with the French Revolution in 1979. Unlike many other historic uh, histories of revolution and revolutionaries, Billington does not focus on the events of social causes leading to the popular uprising. Instead, he follows a sometimes almost invisible thread of incendiary ideas, sometimes transferred via occult societies, but all having the common genesis in the motto of the French Revolution. Liberté, égalité, and fraternité. These are like, I don't know, French words, liberty, equality, and fraternity. In Billington's historiography, he presents the second and third terms as reactions to the expansions of the more rudimentary and susceptible to egoism. I'm still reading here from Fire of the Minds of Men in the Info Galactica synapsis. He describes how the idea of brotherhood was inherited from the secret and the occult societies such as the Freemasons and became an inflammatory idea which led to the Paris Commune and then was extinguished as far as popular revolution revolutions went until it resurfaced as national socialism in 1920s Germany. Instead, the idea of equality would become the fuel for socialism and communism. Billington equates the two schools of thought, claiming that though socially opposed in 
outside appearance in their own respective way, one promoting individualism and the other collectivism, each is striving towards establishing these mutual goals, a secular humanist society that is both egalitarian and utilitarian. These two social power factions were founded by the two thinkers Prodhorn and Marx, the former being the social secularist republican anti-monarchist individualist, and the latter the socialist anarchist communist collectivist. So that's way more uh, in-depth and probably more, uh, what is the right word that I'm looking for, elegant than sort of the way I've been laying things out here. But uh, that's why I wanted to bring that into it, because that that is what we're talking about, this this passion and sort of a, a need to you know with with these extremists are have this fire in the mind right that, that they can't stop they're passionate about it so much so that we might just burn down the whole house you know with this passion and just bring in the centralized communist uh control or socialist control right same thing and you know how do we avoid that how do we not fall into the movement traps that we, you know, see throughout history have been traps that people fall into. And in the search for liberty and freedom, we can quickly become off track. And not not just by like the intention of the people that are in the movement, but by the occult controls, the the, the hidden forces, or by more centralized and long-standing you know, families, societies, thinkers that know how to pull the strings of the movements, that know how to manipulate things, that know how to, you know, turn the wheels of this energy that's being, you know, that that is coming out of the movement into their agendas and actually, you know, making liberty into something totally different or making freedom into something legal, right? Something that the state controls, a, f- a freedom that were given to you by the laws of the state and not something that God has granted or that the creator of the universe has provided to everything in the universe or to and human beings and conscious beings have the ability to observe the laws operating in nature and adhere their behavior to them and understand there is a moral law operating in the universe and that is the ultimate basis and what should be the basis of our current law systems and legal systems and government is that understanding and that is something that was you know the basis of some of the founding of the united states of america right and there's so much corruption and muddy water there that even me that's why i hesitate to say and how i was you know phrasing it was important to me because i don't want to come off as like a you know someone with the patriot mythology and like oh well if it's done this way and then we overthrow it's going to be the revolution and then then we're going to have the freedom I, i don't see it that way i think we need an evolution in society i think we need to and not because we're ultimately headed towards this evolutionary point where everything blows up into beauty and we're ultimately going to head there and there's no stopping it. 
there's there's devolution and entropy and death and stagnation. Th- these are all possibilities for for our species as well and destruction of ourselves. We can we don't have to be here. There's nothing in the universe that says these human beings must be here and have to be here. You know, we and we can make it so bad though that nobody would want to be here, right? It can also get so horribly awful that we never could imagine now what it could what what it could actually be like. And there, there's no reason because we're improving our technological skills and becoming more scientific and adding in all these things that our species is then headed for greatness and we're all going to be beautiful butterflies that uh, fly off of this planet and explore the whole galaxy, you know, in our spaceships and it's freedom and everybody gets to have everything they needed and it's all there. I mean, I, I don't know, that sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but that that's a possibility that things continue in a way where it just keeps improving, but not on the current trajectory, not on the current path. And so that's why we have to liberate them with information and truth, you know, back to the first slide. Um, Moving on from there, just in the essence of time. And yeah, I said I was going to do like a recap of yesterday. I feel like I'm more actually adding to it. So, you know, but we'll, we'll continue down that and try to keep it on track here. So the next slide that I have in the deck falls right in line with that. And it's a quote from Aristotle. Aristotle. And it says, tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. So tolerance for the lie. Tolerance for behavior that's immoral and absurd and harmful right? And apathy. Welcome to our apathy, everyone. Welcome to what human apathy from the majority of the masses out there looks like. Now, we definitely don't have apathy in all human beings. There are people on this planet that are working towards their goals and their outcomes and their ends, and they're not apathetic towards that. And they're achieving their goals, and and you know I'm 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 talking in a dark way, you know, to the people that are building the control system, building the new world order, building the one world government, building the globalist control system. Not that having markets and economies that are global are bad, and not that having help and you know having things spread around the globe are bad, or even understandings of laws that reflect the laws of nature and the laws of the creation reflected around in human consciousness globally through maybe like a podcast <laughs> or things that can reach globally. Not that those things are bad, but the control system going global, the new world order, right? The system of controlling people's movements and behavior and monetary spending based on if you're doing what the government thinks that you should be doing at that time. You know, how many times did we see throughout the the pandemic that people would, that things would change, right? Suddenly this rule became a new rule and now there's another rule. And if you weren't obeying the rule at that time, now you're wrong. Now you're incorrect, even though two weeks ago you were correct, whether it was your behavior or what you were saying online. I, I had problems with having things taken down that 
then later became common knowledge, you know, on the, like the gain of function research that, you know, had been done. At one point, you couldn't even say gain of function, and it was totally crazy, and you couldn't even bring it up. And then then it becomes like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course the government does that, and of course they're, you know, making these chimeric viruses. And, well, it's in the name of science and vaccinations. Like, we have to do this in order to prepare in case Russia does it first, right? And we, we went over this quite a bit in the BioSci War and the pragmatism and the, well, you know, we've got to, we've got to create these freak of nature things in labs that don't exist in nature uh, because if we don't you know somebody else will and then and then we've got to have the antidote to that and we've, we've got to have you know and, and that logic makes sense makes sense to an extent until you create something that could destroy the whole planet uh, in order to save the planet right we've got to we've got to destroy the whole planet in order to save everyone don't you see and you know th- that forget where I was going with that, but uh, tolerance and apathy. Yes, some people are definitely employing their will onto this planet. And, you know, going back again, there are people that are excellent at pursuing their goals and achieving them that have nothing to do with trying to promote freedom or trying to promote the new world order. They're just like regular people that are good at implementing their will, you know, working hard, starting a business, you know, you know, taking over a business, uh, just continually growing and getting better and improving. And that's fine. But what about the apathy towards things that matter on a wider scale that aren't just your little things that you're achieving and your family is getting by on and you and are getting in your little freedom, right, that you get to, in your comfort, and taking that and expanding it out on a wider level to actually trying to help improve the situation for a large group of people for more people on an individual level or you know reaching a wider audience through other means and the apathy of people who do understand more about what's going on and have come to grow and and wake up to become aware of what's going on in the world around them where we're being lied to you know, how we're being lied to, and then solutions that people can implement to solve the problem, we have people apathetic towards doing that work. We They don't want to pick up that burden. And it's not, it's understandable why, because it seems like you can't make the change. And then there's all this negative self-talk that people have that, well, it's, I'm just one person, what kind of change could I actually make in the world? And then there's also, you know, the fact that, and then there's more negative self-talk. There's all this podcast already out there. What? Why would I be able to make any difference? Or what? What do I have to say? And that you know doesn't see the value in the individual or the value that that individual could gain from doing that work. You know why? Because it gets you in motion. I mean, is that a, <clears throat> a good enough reason for some people to, to be able to start, even if it's a failing? Go, even if it's a, a fool's errand and you're going to fail, right? What other options do you have in the dying society? What, you know, let's read the quote again. Tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. So clearly, <laughs> I mean, virtues, yeah. 
I think that that this is this this quote is more complex than it seems because are those virtues tolerance and apathy? Yeah, in some cases they are. We do need to be apathetic towards things that you know don't serve us but are getting us excited or neg- or feeling bad or thoughts in your head even that are not going to help you, right? Be apathetic towards that. You know, be incredulous. Don't believe it all. All the stuff that runs through your mind about, well, if I do this, what's going to happen? You know, people are going to think I'm an idiot or whatever. Like, oh, I haven't, I have not, you know, I don't have enough information on this or I don't know all the little things about this. So how could I say anything about it? Um, That stuff you can be apathetic towards, not in a way where you're like a moron that doesn't actually check himself or herself to see if you are like accurate or correct or if you are looking foolish you know by doing what you're doing but that all the other stuff that happens when you just need to get the thing done you just need to wake up you need to do the thing you need to get it done you know what you need to do you have to work on it all the time it's not something that's going away just do it don't let all the thoughts get in the way about well what about this what about that so those like in a way that's a virtue right to be able to do that and focus on the things in your life that are good or being a good person to yourself, you know, not being an asshole to yourself so that you just beat yourself up about all this stuff. And learning how to do that mentally and doing that work is actually very helpful when going through the quote-unquote awakening process, right? Because you're easier on yourself. You don't go, oh, I'm such an idiot because I was wrong and I can't admit it. I'm never going to admit it that I was wrong because it's just too hard because then I'm dumb and it just means that I was wrong about all this stuff, right? People have that, I can't change my mind because it's too scary and too dark and too dangerous. No, man, you can be a lot, you can be a lot nicer to yourself about that process and say, you know what? I was wrong. So what? I got, I got it. I got it wrong. I was incorrect about that belief system. You know, that thing that that person's been trying to tell me for all those years and I just kept shutting them out. Maybe they have a good point about some things, and maybe I'm incorrect about some things. You know, people have a very, very, very hard time doing that. Some people not so much. Some people are like, this is what I'm saying is not hitting with them. They're like, that's not me. I'm not like that. I don't, I'm not like that at all. Right? But other people, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And it makes sense. In a way, it makes sense because... To them, it's a survival thing. If this is not true, or what you're saying is true, and what I believe is not true, then my whole world falls apart. My whole paradigm falls down. And people have worldview paradigms, right? That's something that I had as a separate item to go through as like another series, but I just realized that really needs to go into this falling into the movement trap series and i've done like a walk and talk on that which basically just like opened up the topic and got into it but you're struggling with their worldview it's not just like an opinion about 9-11 and oh hey you know i can clearly go and investigate maybe one day just sit down at the computer and start investigating the facts that you think you know about 9-11 and then look it through at some of the alternative 
points and maybe watch some documentaries and go to vetted people who you can trust that you've known over the years who might have shared something or people that, I mean, don't just go clamoring away on the internet and, you know, thinking that you're going to find information that I'm, that's not what I'm saying to do. Do real research, investigate things and see if there are some questions that come up, you know, that that's what you could do. But in, in cases where people don't want to do that, it's because, and, and most people who would say like, you're crazy for believing anything in 9-11 was a conspiracy or have, it wasn't anything that we're being told it was, like that's an a such a blanket statement. Like so nothing ever that the media ever said was inaccurate or wrong and maybe they should even be, you know, pulling back and, and re-going over their own information and saying we were wrong here. Hey, you know, we, we came out with this information too early, so we were wrong here. We're going to correct the record. Here's the real facts. Do you see the media ever doing that? Ever. And when I'm saying the media, I'm talking about, you know, the mainstream, and whether it's NPR or MSNBC or Fox News or CNN or, you know, any, any of the even kind of more mainstream alternative platforms that are just like sponsored from these you know, they're, they're basically, you know, the mainstream media is starting to infiltrate and becoming to look like alternative media, but is actually still just the mainstream with their hands and all the pots with their octopus tentacles, you know, in all the different areas. And again, though, so it's not that, I mean, so it's such an idiotic thing to be like, there isn't anything wrong with the mainstream narrative at all. And they've got it all figured out. And you questioning it are completely wrong. That's the cognitive dissonance. That's not the person that you're fighting with truth or the facts. You're not, you're not going over the facts at that point. You're dealing with a barrier in front of that person's brain. That's like, my whole survival depends on the fact that I, all my beliefs are true. Because if all my beliefs aren't true, then that means my survival is at risk, right? That you're dealing with an amygdala. Uh, you're dealing with a reptile brain. You're dealing with something that doesn't think with the logic and reason and, you know, let me find the contradictions and remove them and let me collect more information and remove the contradictions. Let me collect more information and remove the contradictions. Let me try to break down the incorrect things that aren't obviously not true let me pull those aside that you're not dealing with that mind in that person. You're dealing with like the small little mouse brain. That's like survival, uh, a light, ah, flashy. Oh, move. You know, like they're thinking this person is attacking my ability to live is what they see. Anyone, you know, trying to break down their worldview paradigm because people have different lenses that they see things through. People don't objectively look for the truth and then live their lives according to everything that's true that they've discovered and found. That's not how it works. People have a worldview paradigm that's built on a set of beliefs. It's built on some logical leaps in the beginning even. It's built on faith in some cases. It's built on things that aren't necessarily provable to the scientific method and materialistic worldview, another worldview paradigm, you know, materialism. But so when we see that that's the problem and you're not just dealing with, you know, facts and truth and information, then we need to know a different way to go about trying to help that person break down those incorrect 
worldviews that we're they're dealing with because if the, if the things going back to the 9/11 you know example and i'm not just like frivolously throwing out the fact that i don't think that we were told what's going on and i'm just throwing that out there like i did i've done a lot and a lot a lot of digging on this and anyone who has honestly will come to the same conclusion and have questions that can't be answered through the mainstream story. You, you can, And I'm not going to go into the points here. People are like waiting for the ultimate point that I have on it so I can pull it out and make it the point. I don't need to do that. <laughs> there is so much information out there about it that you can do it. But what I'm saying is that people aren't going to because, I mean, some people will. Some people have. Some people do that. We have people waking up legitimately because of that event and not just that event. And that that's maybe has nothing to do with that event. There's other reasons why people sort of pull the veil off of all the lies that and all the deceit. And it's mainly because that evil, that deceit, that corruption has within it the seeds of its own destruction. It, it can fall apart of its own will. It's our minds that try to hold it up and construct it in the way that we were raised. And no, it can't be the way that you're saying because that would mean that my whole life is a lie. You know, like, yeah, you were raised in most likely your parents were raised and most likely they didn't know what was going on exactly. And there's been a lot of brainwashing and mind control and coercion into, you know, mental coercion into believing things that aren't true. And for purposes that you would never initially venture to guess that that's what was actually going on. And that's another reason is just it's terrifying for most people to go through and start to realize what some of the agendas like Planned Parenthood are really all about, or what those things were started for. The reason for the existence of Planned Parenthood isn't because they love people and they want to prevent disease and they want to help babies and women. You know, the the initial founding and reasons for the existence of that entity was to reduce, you know, the lesser wanted people in society by making it easier for them to abort their babies and, you know, using this sort of eugenics. It's not sort of. Using eugenics, exactly, coming out of the eugenics society and people who were all about the same things that you see, like the National Socialist Party, the Nazis of Germany, carrying out uh, in a big way, was done and promoted and the philosophy was, you know, originated in a lot of ways from American thinkers from people around that time who were buying into the philosophy of eugenics and that the best way to, you know, make humanity better is to weed out all the unwanted people by making them sterile, by giving them access to ways to abort their babies easier, and then actually, in some cases, going out and trying to seek that out as a way to legally implement mandatory sterilization, you know, mandatory uh, eugenics, basically. And that's, you know, oh, well, that can't be. And that's not what it's all about now. And that's not what they're doing now. Yeah, it is. It's been the biggest genocide that the world has ever seen. You know, the, the, un, the quiet genocide that goes on called abortion, which isn't done in this virtuous, way of helping women and i mean that's a very 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 small little tiny fraction of what's actually gone on and the attack on the black community 
and the attack on certain types of people classified as unwanted and unneeded on this planet that have been targeted with brainwashing, mind control, and propaganda to think that this is the right thing to do, to kill life, to make it seem as though it's right and correct to kill life. And then having people at this point losing their fucking minds because they think they had some right to do this, that this was a right they had. No, no, you don't have that right. You don't have the right to take the life of an innocent little child that you have claims of all the scientific mumbo jumbo about when it becomes a life and when it can it, when it can sustain itself outside of the womb. That's when it becomes okay. You overly intellectual fucktard. You don't have the right to do that. You don't have the right to end life in that way. There's there isn't a correctness to that, and there isn't anything in the Constitution that said that you had the right to do that. So now people know where I stand, I guess, on the recent events. If you go, you know, listening to this at some other point around this time was in in June, late June of 2022, when it was officially announced of the Roe versus Wade overturning event, right? And right in time for the people to freak out and get out in the streets and start rioting this summer again and start burning down all the major cities, you know. Another reason to not stay in the cities, in my opinion, not stay and fight the battle there and exit those places, because they're just villages of of propaganda and brainwashing and slavery and where people, you know, are just, it's, it's just disgusting. You know, the, the big cities now, we were in San Diego on our, vac- our vacation that I talked about yesterday that we really enjoyed and had a lot of fun, but it's a shithole, you know, I mean... It is. It's like the people living there are just barely getting by just to live there. It's is and like in their coffin-sized apartments. And it, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to make anyone's feelings hurt or anything like that. And it, it's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful people in some cases, you know. But then you can see it. You can see the you know, lifting up the rug and there's just cockroaches and earwigs and dirt and grime everywhere. I'm not saying like literally I saw that. I'm saying it's underneath the pretty surface is not good. I mean, you can barely afford to like go and do anything. It's just so damn expensive, you know, and and maybe that's my economic level. It's like, well, if you just, you know, made a million more dollars a year, you'd be fine. Yeah, well, that's probably true, you know, so yeah, something to think about. But the last slide that I'm going to read, and then we're going to end today's episode. And then tomorrow, we'll continue on with falling into the movement traps, the sort of extended version, the version that I'm now recording, what, three years later, after originally presenting these live uh, on uh, the, my website, you can find those streams. I try to make it really like simple for people to find the different topics. So on my website, tylerbloyer.com, as you scroll down on the first page, there's like latest posts, there's the stuff that's the latest, and then there's the topics below that with big giant pictures. Like here's the bio war topic, here's the falling into the movements, here's some walk and talks, here's the creature of control, here's some old liberty lifestyle stuff. And, uh, what was my point to make there? The point was falling into the movement traps is like a big giant slide. You click on that and there's the falling into the movement trap series. 
I really think that some of those presentations, I've gone back and listened to them like a couple years later now and thought, wow, that was that was pretty good. Like that actually had a lot of weight to it and was some good work. Now, do I need refinement in my approach and, you know, doing things differently, being more successful at getting the information out, making my website more navigatable, uh, making it better, adding, you know, a, a, a merch store and things like that adding some about info and, you know, more information about me or something like that. Yeah, that does need a lot of work. I I admit all that. I think it's a work in progress. Let's just put it that way. But at least it's in progress and at least it's in motion um, to help avoid and avert what our Buckminster Fuller is going to say here in this slide that I have that I'll read the quote from. As I know, it's an audio podcast. Obviously, you can't see the slide. And for now, that's that's how this is going to be. That's how this information will be presented. That's how we're going to get it out there. And I'll do my best if there's some graphic or something in a slide that you need to see to go over that. But otherwise, you know, if I read a quote, we can get the quote through the audio version. Shouldn't be a big problem, right? All right. The quote goes, the dark ages still reign over all humanity and the depth and persistence of this domination are only now becoming clear. This dark ages prison has no steel bars, chains or locks. Instead, it's locked locked by misorientation and built from misinformation. Caught up in a plethora of conditional reflexes and driven by the human ego, both warden and prisoner attempt meagerly to compete with God. All are intractably skeptical of what they do not understand. We are powerfully imprisoned in these dark ages simply by the terms in which we have been conditioned to think. And that, I think, does a good job of summarizing and getting sort of summarizing what we've been talking about here today and then getting into what we'll be talking about next as we continue on. That was slide number three, which the first three slides I'll be posting with the post on this, and then I'll continue to go through them and post them as we discuss each slide in the series. And not only that, but, you know, we're talking a little bit more free-flowing, a little bit more off-the-cuff, a little bit more just my thoughts as they come up as I'm covering the information here. So it's not all about just the slides, but those help navigate us and keep us on topic. But again, the dark ages still reign over all humanity, and the depth and persistence of this domination are only now becoming clear, right? So as we start to peel away, as we start to see and dissolve the beliefs that were not true, that we had, that we held, and start to realize more about the solutions, right? And then implement those solutions. This is the work that needs to be done. And then teaching other people that information as well. And making it sustainable for yourself. I'm going to add that in there sort of at the end. You need to do that in a way that sustains you and your family and your goals and your lifestyle. I'm not saying that you should just, everything needs to remain the same in your life and nothing will change and you'll wake up and it's all going to be the same. And then you can just continue on. Like, no, there'll be radical, massive changes that occur if you're really serious and dedicated to implementing and making those changes in your life and helping and really implementing the solutions. 
If you're really serious about that, your whole life will change. But the work that needs to be done and the idea of how to do it is simple. It's not easy. It's not something that you can just pick up and do and it's all going to change overnight. It's simple, though, to understand. It's simple. And that's, you know, going back to the the slide before, tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. If we don't do that work, you know, it's not just like society will die and then we'll have to start new and it'll be fine. No, we, we, we could be talking about a hundred or a thousand years of darkness here in that dying death of society. It doesn't has to have to be just like, oh, it's this beautiful revolution and then the people built a brand new glorious great society after that. Like, no, that revolution might happen or some sort of thing, uprising thing, civil war thing or war, world war. That doesn't mean like, oh, out of the ashes comes this beautiful, brilliant phoenix that, and then freedom rises and it's all great and beautiful. Like, that is not how it has to go. It may not end up that way at all. We we could be headed for some of the darkest human experiences that people can't even imagine again. Does it have to be that way? No, it doesn't have to be that way. How How is it not going to be that way? By not being apathetic and tolerant of the things that are occurring and getting off our lazy asses and implementing the solutions. And we'll be talking about solutions. The solutions are out there. The solutions are not up to me to know and uh, 100% of all the solutions and then relay to you. There, there, I just pointed to one of the people that you can go read their work and has many, 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 many solutions that we won't probably even be able to grasp and implement. So it's not about not having solutions. We, we can go through Libgen and go download our Buckminster Fuller's books and read this man's work and the way that he broke down and looked at things and really kind of alchemized and synthesized new patterns of thought and looking at things that have affected things up to the point even now with p- people like uh, our Buckminster, uh, sorry, Bob Podolsky's work was heavily influenced, and somehow I think he's, he's even connected with our Buckminster Fuller in some way I can't remember right now, but his book Flourish, you know, was a lot of the concepts are coming out of, of our Buckminster Fuller's thinking. And where, where who, who did our uh, Bob Podolsky influence that we've talked about and even criticized and still love and still think that it's a good solution, but there needs to be critique of it. The freedom cell movement, right? The freedom cells that we've promoted and also criticized on this podcast. Promoted because it's a it's a good way to meet people in your community and start getting, you know, projects started on. And if you if you need that network locally to start building that, do it. But don't think that you're gonna survive, you know, the economic collapse and great reset and all because of the the silliness of the whole, we're going to have our own cows and our own milk and eggs and everybody else is going to fuck off and we're going to be fine. You know, like that's not going to happen like that. A, a lot of people in those groups and movements and things think that they're, that's what they're doing. B though, it's positive to do the activities. It's positive to participate in those things. It is better for your life to be more resilient and to be more hands-on and more DIY and more understanding of how to, you know, operate off-grid and maybe even go off-grid and do these things. I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm just saying we need to be realistic about what the ends are and goals of those things and where we're at in the battle and the movement. And 
until we have more people understanding ob- objective morality, uh, lex rex, that the, the law is king, that the, the laws of nature, the law of God, the laws of the universe, the laws of morality are king over the laws of man. That until more people start to understand these things, we are putting our necks out there in a very big way by even holding these opinions and putting them out there publicly. But that's the work that needs to be done. And that's the courage and that we need to have when doing that work so that we don't just fall into a collapsing, dying society and that we can you know, manifest a positive f- future for humanity that has to do with freedom and truth and morality and justice right? These things can be the case, but it's up to us here in the flesh to implement that and get it done. So without falling into the movement traps, without wasting years going through the movement traps, and that's that's what the falling into the movement trap series is about. And we kicked it off here today, a part one, and tomorrow we'll continue on with part two. Yeah, there'll be several parts. This is an ongoing series. Uh, this is still episode 17 of Freedom's Rising, but we'll do like a sub section right of part one of falling into the movement traps and then at some point i may go off and start to talk about something else and we may even kind of eject out of freedoms rising for a minute but there's still the same feed from tylerblur.com that's just in sequence in order of the episodes as we put them out but i'm not going to just confine it to only no oh now we're on part two three four five six we may skip six go into some other topics and then come back and finish part seven eight nine ten of falling into the movement traps so just to give you an idea of of my plan there i'm I'm not just going to complete it and then never come back to it i think we'll have several parts of this series and it may not be chronological consistent where i may jump into you know an episode after you know, reading reading some new books or finding out some new things and jump into something else and cover something else for a while. And then we'll come back and finish, you know, falling into the movement traps. The first series I did and the first work I did on falling into the movement traps, again, was like three years ago. And we're still doing that now. We're still talking about the creature, right? The creature of control. And in the creature of control series, I, I broke down a lot of the stuff that we talk about in Freedom's Rising even, right? It was just a different format. And that goes back to 2015. Uh, so that's, you know, seven years ago of me still on the same topics and threads. And this new format of, of the Freedoms Rising series is sort of a dusting off and a continuation of that work. And uh, no need to go into more depth there. I think we understand that. And so we'll continue on. I appreciate everybody's time and attention today in this episode. Uh, connect with me at freedomsrising.live. The better place to do it for now is tylerbloyer.com. That's the more long withstanding site. If you want to slide in to the Discord, I think after this post goes up today, I'll also just drop the slides in there as long as I remember to do that in the Freedoms Rising chat. And I won't drop them in there now because people will be like, why is he dropping these in? But once the thing is posted, I'll post the link and then the slides that go along with the episode there as well. Feel free to share them, use them, uh, discuss them, put them on your social media. That's fine. I have no problem with that. And we'll see you guys tomorrow uh, back with Freedoms Rising. Thanks and have a